What up, what up, what up, and welcome to take two of the Fortnite podcast. I had to re-record the beginning there. I made a mistake, and we won't talk about it, but we're bringing you guys an episode <laughs> of all things Fortnite this week as we catch up on Gamers 8 and what unfolded in Saudi, and then, of course, just some drama. You know, it's been a while since we covered, so I would say some drama topics around the Fortnite community, which is, um, I mean, uh, pretty pretty great, right? The, the biggest drama we've had in gaming really has been against Twitch and kick that's that's kind of been like the, the talk of the town besides nick merck stuff but we actually have some fortnite drama between ninja and ronaldo some of you guys might remember ronaldo he used to play professional fortnite at an extremely competent and high level um so good in fact he won his own fncs squads championship way back when which is not something many players can say they have done or accomplished but some cool stuff happening here so we'll be jumping all into it with that i want to say thank you guys for of course downloading the episode checking in with us and being patient as we dropped this week's Fortnite coverage so with that let's go ahead and kick things off we're gonna introduce sbg who is joining us here what's up somebody's good what's up guys first time normally you go panda first i got thrown off guard i'm excited today uh <laughs> it's been a while some good video game stuff to talk about and um some non-video game stuff yeah for sure you know i'm mixing it up man you know i i ruined the intro and now you know i'm like eh, let's let's just go ahead and twist everything upside down uh panda my boy of course you're coming back from saudi bro um yeah how was it dude welcome back uh man good to be back uh listen aside from the the 22 hour flights each way uh it was a great experience happy to be home though of course i've been spending the last two months traveling everywhere and i'm done for a little bit so it's a nice feeling holy crap 22 hours i thought going to copenhagen was pretty bad you got like four hours layover almost eight or so and that that's pretty tough 22 hours what what was like the long leg of the flight is it like is it when you land i'm assuming some connecting flight in europe to get to wherever the heck you gotta go so it's funny because i was actually just gonna say it it was dubai so on my way back, my longest leg, I had to take a two-hour flight from Riyadh to, to Dubai. And then from Dubai to New York took 15 hours. Oof. That is longer than the Copenhagen flight with connections and everything else <laughs> ever was, right? So that one flight took us so long. The fortunate thing, though, is, you know, me, Tokata, we got a little extra leg room. Nice. And... uh I might have popped some NyQuil, and I just passed out for 10 hours. So I only had to really be competent for a few hour, a few of those hours. But nevertheless, it was long. Maybe not competent, but conscious, guys. Yeah, he was he was barely awake <laughs> for, the, yeah. for the flight. Uh, I wouldn't say that I was competent either when I was awake, to be fair. Yeah, the, the NyQuil had me uh, looking left, right, and center, but not knowing where I was actually looking. I, I will just share a personal <laughs> story before we get into it. I, I have vowed to myself to never take Benadryl. I think I'm one of the few humans who get like hit extremely hard by Benadryl. And I hate the feeling it. Oh man, dude, it puts me off my feet, bro. It's terrible. But anyways, uh, enough talk about NyQuil and Benadryl. Let's start getting into uh, some of the fun stuff. Um, of course, you just talked about it. You had a 22 hour flight from Saudi. That's where the gamers ate LAN event was happening. For those of you guys that don't know, I'll give you guys a quick TLDR high level. What was Gamers 8? How did it affect Fortnite? What does it mean for the space? This is a big, big event. It was a zero build tournament, $2 million in prizing for just Fortnite. There were other titles hosted there at the G8 Saudi event. But what was really cool about this Fortnite 
event in particular it was the runway to get there we've been talking about dream hacks and you know how all that money was put in and, and the qualification system that was put in place it was all to get to this land event which was of course hosted in saudi and it looks like honestly dude it was a, a great turnout all of the tweets I've seen for the professional players, whether they meant it or not, I mean, they were great. I think people, of course, are always going to say nice things because you want to get that flyback, uh, that that reinvitation, of course. So you're gonna, you know, you're gonna hype it up on socials. But no, seriously, all in all, the show looked amazing. The new technology these dudes are pulling out on the production end, phenomenal. I mean, I was blown away, bro. We had like VR segments, basically, or I should say AR, augmented reality happening on stage. Um, Panda, what was that like? I mean, obviously you were there. You got to see the stage. You probably got yeah. to see some of the segments and bits before they went live. Um, yeah, what was it like in person? Like, you know, we so, lose fidelity on the live stream side. So I know it's not as great as like in person. Yeah, so full experience, right? Show up, um, land, do a media day where we just, we take some photos of talent and most of the media day stuff was all for the players. Uh, we did one podcast uh, and then the show day, right? And we're told ahead of time, we're like, hey, like, this is different. Um, like, not super ahead of time, but sh on our way to rehearsal, we're like, hey, just so you know, the stage is different. Um, there's multiple stages now. And um, we've upgraded some AR stuff. So we're like, okay, cool. Like, all that sounds great. The stage last year was cool. Don't get me wrong. But I definitely think it was like when they looked at the design of last year's stage, it was very much so how do we do multiple esports in one spot? This year, they were like, this is the BR stage, and then we have the Versus stage, which is where Tekken ended up taking place. And then there happened to be a, another stage for FIFA, but that wasn't like part of Gamers Day. I don't know how all that actually broke down. Anyway, we get to the venue, and we, we walk in, and we get to see... We actually saw the Versus stage first, and then we went over to look at the BR stage, and my gosh, it was just... It was beautiful, and the way they did things was super cool. The The tech was nice, and it was way more intimate with the crowd. I think the one thing that the Invitational lacked is that there was so much separation from the crowd and the stage that it's like you you were always just paying attention to the screens. You were never really looking at player like player reactions and things like that in front of you, whereas from this perspective, because of the way that the, the stands sat up, you could actually just look into like the players' reactions. You could see things like it was a little bit more intimate, in my opinion, which made it really, really cool. Um, and then, of course, you had the prince's box and having the prince interact with things. And ironically enough, a little fun fact: Pink said the f word twice. Oh gosh! And and if you know, that's really against the rules, right? Um, and so Barney, as the host, he finishes right. He finishes his point. Um, uh, or finishes point, gives to Pink. Pink says that he pulls it back. He makes this face like, uh-oh, and looks straight to the prince, and the prince was laughing. So, hey, uh, <laughs> that, wor that worked out in Pink's favor, man. But, no, nah, it was a cool experience. There you go. No one's tongue is getting chopped off, guys, on stage or anything. <laughs> which, which, to be clear, real quick, Saudi Arabia is not like that, right? Yeah, like, of course. Of course. Riyadh is it, it's so funny because, like, even I had preconceived notions before going there. Even the second time, I still had preconceived notions that were being debunked. But it's like the people there are so, so kind. Like we went to a store and they were like giving Cease and Blake free clothes nice. because they were like they were had a good, genuine conversation with them and stuff. It was just like 
it was such a cool experience that everybody was super nice yeah for sure i mean it definitely looks sick i mean obviously we had the the tournament unfold it looks like uh cammy came out up towards the top uh popping off what a year he's had pretty much the momentum not stopping uh sbg do you have the results pulled up like let's just let's just talk about who did what how things unfolded i saw talk of course naturally of everyone pinpointing where the na players came out in the standings uh it's always going to be a debate of na veu but um yeah let's just talk about pretty much what unfolded like who came away with the money so cammy and japco won obviously cammy now back to back large land wins um putting himself in a great conversation although uh if we want to go into whether or not he's the goat uh, i think he's solidified himself up there in the top five not yet the goat in my opinion um surprisingly based on what we've seen in previous lands the middle east players finished in second and third so hero and fhd and then we had dark and gentile in third place so both of those guys performed really well better than expectations because i mean let's be honest middle east has been bottom of the leaderboard pretty much every single time we've had some kind of international land so we can go back then start looking next eu team in fourth was refs guard ziandi you had thomas hd who just newly signed with g2 and malabuka they were kind of the favorites going in so top five Honestly, for those two is like a little disappointing, but for anyone else, I feel like top five would be really impressive. Um, then you start to get your NA teams, obviously. We got Acorn and Epic, Baka, Pars, who have been representing NA West so well. Yep, mm -hmm. um, and then we'll just round that out with Moo and Tax finishing in eighth. Um, yeah, that's kind of... Uh, we'll go top ten. I'm already here, right? So we had Nino <laughs> and Queasy in ninth. And then Threats and Booga in 10th. So a pretty good like mixture of all different regions. Um, and then you had, obviously, Cami and Japco kind of stealing the show. From day one, it was never really close. And they just ran away with this entire tournament. And just the way the format worked, this is a very new format. Um, so if you guys glance on the, the points, you might see like the numbers in the thousands. Yeah, there was this like big number attached to uh, the point thresholds. But more importantly, there was like this um, multiplier that happened as you got later into the tournament. So basically, by the time that Sunday came and you competed, your games were worth almost or if not double than the scoring of that first day. You kind of worked your way up to that point so 50 having, percent more yeah having a good last day you earned uh half yeah about 0.5 times as much more points which is a, a pretty big deal it's a it's a huge deal it was this comeback mechanic but like svg talked about cammy and jabco just broke away and it wasn't just breaking away because they played well the strategy they put into the tournament of course really showed off um we knew that this was going to be a zero build tournament we knew that most people are just going to show up and just kind of compete regardless of how much money was on the line because uh, folks don't really take zero build as serious, but it looks like Cammy, I don't know how much time he had to prepare for this or not, but he just had the giga brain play that kind of exploited uh, what the game had to offer. SBG, let's talk about this, this little uh, tip and trick he used, if you will. Let's take it way back to the original Fortnite podcast days. If you've been listening you are listening to the tips and tricks segment right now with SVG. Pay attention to this one. This is a fun one. So since we're playing in pubs, and that's a whole nother conversation, we can't actually play any sort of custom game because Epic still 
has yet to put those tools forward. And that's something that we as a community desire have spoken about. I will continue to speak about because some custom game stuff is necessary for the competitive community. And even like Nick a 30 is talking about it now. So that's side note, just getting that out there. <laughs> but the strategy is they hired an NPC because we're playing in pubs. NPCs are in the game. They hired an NPC. I don't know the actual name. It's like the medic one remedy. I Remedy, boom, there you go. And essentially what she does is throw chug splashes at you. So they were able to sit in storm, make late rotates, get free heals. And not only was she healing them, but Remedy was also firing away. She has an SMG. So in zero builds, you can't really protect yourself. So you have a third person shooting them. And even if they're not that accurate, like a couple of ticks of damage are going to be significant to win a fight. And that's pretty much what they did on day one. They showed it, did it on day two, did it on day three. And then like after day one, everyone's like, Ooh, what NPCs do I have near me? And you know, people started to realize, but at that point it was way too late uh, because these two had already given themselves enough of a gap that wasn't going to go away. And and to add to that, Queasy Veno also had an NPC that they were using out of Kenjitsu that no one was really talking about after day one. But players ended up focusing Queasy Veno's uh, like interaction more than they focused on Kami and Yapko because Queasy Veno's uh, NPC could actually just duplicate items for you, which was insane. And in my opinion, is stronger than Remedy, um, depending on how you play, because they could literally bring one bunker to this NPC and it would just duplicate stacks of bunkers. And it was just like, to me, wild that that was even a thing in pubs. But I mean, look, it, it, it was a cool dynamic to the tournament nonetheless, but people definitely fought for that more than they fought for Remedy. And it was interesting because like Tayson, so Tayson and Seti landed over North Slappy where they also had a Remedy NPC that they could hire, but they still really didn't use it. And it wasn't until like day three where players were starting to take uh, advantage of NPCs the way that Kami and Yapko were. But it was already too late at that point. They had such a significant lead that there wasn't anything you could do. And I said, did anyone realize this strategy? Are they showing this too soon? And people are like, well, everyone knew this was happening. Well, it's like, okay, well, if everyone knew this was happening, then why are we all just sitting here letting this happen and you don't have a shot to even win the tournament? Like you said, like Tayson could have played similarly with a different NPC and there's other options with NPCs as well. I think people are just coping based on like them not coming in with the full strategy and understanding what's going on. And, you know, sure, we all knew this could happen, but using it as successfully as Cami and Japco did versus knowing that, cool, this thing can splash you is a whole different story. And, and it is interesting to me how, you know, a lot of these players, well, the bulk of the players literally paid for flights, qualified their way through, attended all the lands, right? You do all this lead up and then like the actual finals is here and you're like, oh yeah, we're just going to show up and play. It was kind of the attitude we got, which is so wild to me because yeah, not many times you're going to get the chances in your life to go play for a $2 million tournament um, and uh, let alone qualify for it, which is, you know, took the entire year to get to. Uh, so, so yeah, it was, it was crazy to see the, the attitude unfold from some of the player perspective of just how nonchalant they were easing their way into the tournament because in their minds, oh, it's just a zero build tournament. But hey, listen, at the end of the day, it was a competitive competition, regardless of whether or not uh, the game mode is the most competitive the game has to offer. Um, but yeah, to your point, we've seen uh, entire landscapes completely 
changed and evolved with the bunker duplication strat uh, over in Kajutsu Crossing and, and all over the, the Fortnite world just because you can make all the bunkers. So yeah, it is pretty wild, but man, Gamers 8 was pretty sick. Like we said, big hats off to uh, the production that you know they they put on an excellent show uh big shots anyone who had the opportunity to go out there and participate in that what what a sick event and of course cami and and yapko now you know several hundred thousand dollars richer so you know it's always nice i think that officially puts cami well over the one million dollar uh earnings mark putting him amongst what, yeah. what was it like one of 10 like within 10 or so there's very few yeah, who have broke 11 yeah, yeah, he, he kind of jumps up into this this very prestigious bracket of one of few Fortnite professional players to have earned over a million dollars is really, like, honestly, yeah, like we said, only about 10 or so. And in order to get that far, I mean, you weren't doing it just off of one tournament. Like, you had to win no. multiple majors. So it is an extremely impressive uh, feat to accomplish. Uh, the only other person to have gone straight to that list basically is Booga, who got in a NOS. Booga uh what Buga Aqua Season and Anas. Anas because oh, the Mr. Whale too, right? Anas because oh, the Mr. Whale. Beast tournament. Um Epic mm -hmm. Whale, of course, because he finished very highly from the World Cup. Yep. So anyways, six stuff, cool little fun stats there to just kind of uh yeah, you know, close out the G eight tournament. Looking forward to what comes next. That was just, of course, uh the conclusion of the first is that really the first big, big land we've had, I guess, uh, of twenty twenty three. I'm trying to just date back. No, like, Red Bull. Of course, uh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Red, Red, Bull. Red Bull. Um, we had the DreamHack qualifiers, but they weren't like. I wouldn't. Like I wouldn't this, consider right? those. Yeah, I'm just talking like true production, like big land. We, we, just Red Bull. Yeah, we we give it to Red Bull. We had, of course, the G8. The Olympics thing was cool, but you know that was a very uh, finite invite only style event. Mm -hmm. And what comes next? I mean, we do have Twitch around the corner. For all we know, Twitch can't have enough land or something like that. Fingers um, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. That, that could be a potential. So the year's not over, um, and those are just what could be third-party lands. Uh, Panda, did you have anything to add, though, before I get into the yeah, drama before, here? Before we, we sign off to the, the full GA topic, I do want to talk about something that happened that you guys are going to get more or less the exclusive scoop because it's not really out there on socials, and it's SETI's injury. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if that you saw crazy. this. SETI uh, ended up taking a massive injury to the head the day before or a day or two before game started look like he needed like so, 15 stitches or something like it, it was, was it was a big gash across the forehead so it was a significant gash so um from the event uh, of course i wake up the, the next day and i see this picture of seti with a big bandage and i'm like what's going on how do i find out what just happened let me hit up levin because levin was most likely there sure enough <laughs> uh Levin and a bunch of players went over to the hotel next to ours and they had a basketball court. And so they're all playing basketball, but apparently like the, 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 the um, basketball goals weren't like actually like cemented down. And so uh he was playing around and it, it, it may or may not have been self-inflicted based on the story, but he was playing around a little bit too much with these goals and just like, jumped up and it took like took the goal down onto his head oh man so it looks like he he, so. he might have went for a dunk and the uh basically the court fell on him dudes uh but yeah, yeah. no seriously if you guys want a, a little gore with your with your your coffee and podcast go search up his, his instagram or his twitter excuse me 
yeah, he posted some photos up there, man. It, it definitely looked crazy. He didn't say what happened. I'm, I'm assuming there was an embarrassing story behind it. So, yeah, I'll go with the self-inflicted route. No doubt about it. And actually, before we get off of Gamers 8, let's talk about the signings. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk mm. about these signings really quickly. I know I know we want to get to the Ninja v. Ronaldo topic. We, we'll get there next. But let's just talk about who was signed. Gamers 8 did something really cool. They made a prizing pool incentive for organizations participating in game titles at the tournament so like if your entire org did well based on that cumulative performance there was actually a big payout at the end very cool structure that we've never seen done before um it really makes this feel like a celebratory a festive event not just like an esports standalone tournament i thought just that the prizing alone made it just feel very different um so so shout out to whoever had that genius idea but Cammy was signed this weekend. Thomas HD was signed. Epic Whale. And then we had the return of Becoming Legends announcing, what was it, three new players? Um, a lot of which we've seen in the space. You know how BL has this eye for talent. And I wonder now, is it that they have the eye for talent? Or do they have the um, understanding of what it takes to build a proper you know, regime around this competitive space to, to basically breed godlike player so you know I, this this will kind of be a test to see what bl can accomplish now with their new uh rosters but um svg i'll give you the floor take me through uh some of these signings who's on what teams who's making moves and this is really good like i said for the for the esports space because you know fortnite fortnite got a little little growth going again yeah so we'll start right where you left it with become legends coming back to fortnite they kind of teased it for a little bit um, and apparently there's more stuff coming, so we'll see what happens next. But Mixin, Vanyak, and Carmi all signed to become legends. Nice little addition. If you guys don't know who they are, they're they're kind of the next up guys. And this seems to be going back to the roots of what Become Legends has done is getting those guys that are on the precipice of greatness. You know, for a little bit, they had, like, those top players just kind of flexing on everybody. When you sign a Mr. Savage, that's, like, a huge deal now going backwards a little bit. But not necessarily a bad thing. If it keeps them around, it keeps them available. Then we had the man himself, the legend, uh, Epic Whale, joins FaZe Clan. That's a huge one. Thomas Viral HD. moment, too. Oh, yeah. Yo, talk about that, Fanta. So, real quick, none of us know, right? We have zero clue. He didn't wear the jersey for media day because we would have seen it. Like, we had insight into, like, Pink going uh, over to Falcon, uh, the BL boys coming back. We knew about G2 all before uh, because they wore their jerseys for media day events, which was days before the actual event so that they could have, like, footage, right? We didn't have uh, Epic Whale. He was a little bit more secretive around wearing the phase stuff for any any pieces of content so no one really saw it and so what he did is he came out on stage for his walkout and he happened to be one of the teams that got interviewed which we selected right like barney myself and a couple of the talent like sat down and selected which teams were going to be picked naturally we said you got to talk to epic whale because he won the first one and he's and without any knowledge before barney finds out when he's getting ready to bring him out for the walkout that he has a special question to ask so Barney brings him out, he asks a question, and he rips off the black shirt to reveal the FaZe Clan jersey, and it was so sick, because we're, we're in the back, like, we had no clue, all screaming, like, yeah, that was sick, you go on Twitter, it's all over the place, that was one of those cool moments from the week, for sure.
Yeah, and you know, man, that was the last thing I, I saw coming. FaZe Clan picking up a, a pro player, especially, dude, they just, they've had such a tumultuous year. Let's call it that in recent times. Uh, their recent signings have been very mainstream, pop culture. It's hard to determine and like figure out the direction that, you know, the org is going in. Um, And let's not forget, they, they honestly downsized out of, things like Fortnite, we haven't seen them putting in as much um expansion there but for them to double back down i mean clearly someone in the phase team is like a Fortnite fan and yeah man getting epic well i think epic well is just such an exceptional player he shows up he puts up the numbers and he's a household Fortnite name so great on him to find himself on a tier one organization so a lot of the reason why I believe this happened is the prize pool. So $5 million going straight to organizations, not attached to any one specific game. This was split between the top 10. So first place org overall got $1.5 million. Eighth place got a hundred thousand. So even if you're paying a hundred thousand dollars for one of these players and it's six months, you get your money in return plus some because not only are you getting your money back, but you're also getting that advertising for pretty much free. So that's, we saw a lot of that G2 actually signed Thomas HD and then clarified right below the announcement tweet that, Hey, this is only for gamers eight, which eh, you know, a little like, scummy. I didn't even see that. Oh, no. I, I don't think it's, it's not really sc scummy in my opinion. Cause Thomas is probably getting a little extra bag to rep him. Uh, well, He's okay. already there. So like, no, no, what does I, it really I'll matter? I'll actually take it back. It, it's a good business move. Now they think yeah, about it because exactly. if Thomas is not on a team, he doesn't even get what could be a potential opportunity to earn on behalf of G2. So you know what? I'll take it back. It's good for Thomas and it's great for G2. Well, and they posted him on the G2 brand. So it's yeah, like a little sure, bonus, sure, but there sure. was a lot of players uh, like Pink, I'm pretty sure maybe he's not just signed for the, the month or the week, but he signed to Falcon. We saw a couple of other ones. Um, I called out Cami signing to Gaming Gladiators because I, I we just saw the Thomas tweet. And actually the president of Gaming Gladiators responded to my tweet saying, hey, we're not just here to sign him. We actually liked what we saw in Fortnite before this tournament this is something we planned on doing as our budgets expanded and it just so happens that hey you, you get the best player in the biggest tournament of the year thus far until we get to globals so big win for them they've also won i think um oh, i think it was rainbow six or one of the other games they've already had success in so these guys are looking like gaming gladiators maybe bringing in an extra 1.5 mil based on what's going on early at gamers eight yeah, and definitely. to add to that, um, so Pink, so these are speculative, so take it with a grain of salt, but from what I heard, so uh, Cami signing is an actual signing, Epic Whale signing is an actual signing, the Become Legend boys are an actual signing, Thomas HD, Pink, uh, and, and I believe there was one or two others are just for either a month signing or duration of G8, is, is again, what I heard throughout the event, if that's definitive, obviously things can change and so on, but that is what was heard throughout the G8 event. Oh, like you say, uh, build it and they will come. So shout out to G8, building something appealing that uh, sponsors are willing to hop in and, and, and take their hand at it. Like like we mentioned, it was 
the idea alone very cool to attach a bonus to cumulative or like overall uh, performance-based incentive for on behalf of what work it's it's very very cool it's almost the reason why you know just back in the days like the organization especially within fortnite would sign so many players i mean we still see it today like look at elites roster look at you know the the majority of fortnite rosters uh, the strategy almost seems to be sign a bunch a couple will hit many will fail but the, hopefully the ones that hit become the next clicks right like or arab or whoever right like kind of pops off for the brand so um we've seen it work it, it continues to be one of the fortnite models so this is cool that ga is kind of getting that that pep in the step on behalf of the orgs because there really hasn't been anything that we've seen lately that has made anyone want to really commit to anything i would say besides unreal engine paying out like bazooka loads of money for creators which kind of caused this boom in, in in the space and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that but i want to i want to jump into um some of these more heated topics man let's start let's start shift, shifting up the gears here let's talk about ninja versus ronaldo this unfolded across social media i mean the first that i got you know wind of this was coming out of actually keemstar's drama alert channel one of the earliest to post a news article on this he dropped two clips for me both of which at the time didn't really have much context it was just like ninja said or it wasn't even ninja saying something crazy it was just like ronaldo's response like he was just coming at ninja's head and i was like what the heck is going on here but then you start to kind of see and and you know go through the threads and work your way backwards and you see where this all stemmed from it seems like ninja was having a fun evening out with tim the tatman and cloaksy on live stream and one too many drinks later uh started rambling his mouth and it wasn't just ronaldo he talked badly about it was myth it was who, who else is it? there was like three or four creators the dude was just throwing shots at all types of people who have uh, basically i don't want to say failing careers but have had some tougher years than the peaks of which they kind of came from and yeah the two of the big ones would definitely myth and ronaldo being a part of that but ron took to social media immediately live streaming and and taking shots back um panda i mean mm. yeah let's just, just let's let's just keep diving in give me more insight yeah. full breakdown so um like you mentioned cloaksy tim uh ninja all at tim's setup having a, a night of drinking and it, it looked like myth and ronaldo two separate times came into the chat to like watch what was taking place and that's what sparked the conversation so ninja um the, let's focus on the ronaldo one first I don't know too much about the myth one. I did see myth response that he doesn't accept his apology, but like he gets it. Um, uh, but for the Ronaldo one, he basically was like, yeah, you need to go back to being a pro Fortnite player. The IRL changing of direction isn't for you. You're what you're down to what, like a thousand or 2000 views now, like go back to competitive is what he said. Uh, you're like you're falling off and so Ronaldo obviously took took it very very serious responded heavy he's like they didn't the the phrase fall off was not invented until Ninja came around playing with Drake and then going to Mixer for 900 viewers so like he so Ronaldo went right back in right Ninja immediately the next day sobered up and apologized to both said look he thought it was more like banter but he did take it way too far um, and the reason the Ronaldo one was a little bit more hit to home is because he is a fan of Ronaldo and he watches Ronaldo quite a bit. So he thought that he was on that level where he could banter with him and have fun with it. And it wasn't like that. Cause if you know, Ninja, it's the same way with Tim and Cloaksy. He'll make the same type of jokes with them, 
but it's like obviously when you're closer like that it doesn't hit the same way as it did with like myth right whereas like ninja and myth were close at one point or at friendlier at one point but they obviously haven't interacted much since so for him to take those shots thinking that he was in in the clear to do that it was definitely at the hands of alcohol and bad judgment (laughs) Yeah, and, and, you know, he was live, and he kind of ended his statements with, like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, I said it. You, like, you know, kind of kind of just really poking his chest out, puffing his chest out, and, and playing into the bait, knowing that it was going to cause up some drama. But I don't think he expected such a negative backlash from the community. And I would say it's rightfully warranted. He was... He was pretty mean. It's not yeah. that he was saying anything that wasn't true or anything. It's almost a tone. He was being pretty mean. Uh, he basically said to Myth, as he just finished roasting Ronaldo, saying, you're washed, but go back to comp, like, get out of here. He says, oh, like, basically, come on, we all see what happened to Myth. He changed platforms. Look at how dead his channel is. Like, like don't come at me everybody's you know y'all all suck it's kind of what he was saying which is crazy uh because where, where did myth fall into this like nowhere so like that's where myth felt like he was taking some straight shots and he was just like dude i thought we we're cool and you of any you of all of us should know what it's like to be a creator we have these ups and his downs you know how mentally taxing it can be to see the numbers to basically watch everything you've built slowly slip away and you still are gonna say something that feels um like again like a dagger to the heart especially for a creator and someone who were, who was one's friends and yeah i think that's a very vulnerable spot to hit any creator on uh so that's why he pissed off ron pissed off myth and i forgot who else there was like a third person in there catching strays as he was making references of dying channels um and you can see the i would say how uncomfortable cloaksy was because cloaksy was interjecting like yo dude chill like yo ron i like you bro like your cost is good man like oh yo like yo chill ninja like that's that's ron like dude like you know give him a little bit more respect like what the heck and then uh tim was just like bro like why my channel like i'm live bro like he was kind of like dude like no this is my channel like save that for later but uh yeah ninja didn't care he he went off um it made for yeah, I, I would say a pretty mean clip of him to just add to the uh, archives of, of ninja moments, if you will. Uh, so not not too far from from the ninja brand, if you will. He, he's always getting himself into something. But um, yeah, this one just seemed a little mean, a little targeted for uh, for the smaller creators. So Ron rightfully calls him out as a, a, a money-hungry bastard, pretty much. And um, yeah, a fake a fake friend uh, in, in his defense. Um, SVG, what do you think about this, man? I mean, it was... Yeah, I didn't see that coming this weekend. So I can't say I followed or really like Panda updated me on what all happened with this. So I'm not fully aware of the whole situation, but I will say this. This is one of the downsides of living your life on stream and recording everything you do, because I'm sure everyone here, I'm sure everyone listening has or if you do drink and hang out with friends even if you don't drink you talk some smack you throw some words out that you don't actually mean it's just kind of like chilling with the boys and you know that's fine in a certain scenario but when you're doing it to tens of thousands of people that's a whole different kind of situation like if we were all just hanging i'm like dude panda sucks like i hate this guy like he, he obviously gets what i mean but one there's this whole kind of disconnect between 
social media and reality. And then secondly, there's this whole kind of, you're having drinks, you're not thinking about what you're saying, and you need to when you're live on stream, everything is being recorded. So I'm sure Ninja probably regrets his decisions at this point, but at the same time, like you guys both said, like this isn't the first time, it probably won't be the last time we see something out of his mouth like this. Yeah, I wonder if someone went back in the past and just compiled all the moments Ninja drunkenly said something dumb about someone else or uh, uh, picked a fight or whatever you want to call it, created a moment, <laughs> a clip of a moment. And it, there, there's a fair few out there. We, we've definitely talked about Ninja, you know, I feel like for a while on this podcast, many different times before, and a, a lot of which sometimes just drums up from just random anything. I mean, remember how many times him and Tifu had you know, heated conversations or debates or community, community quarrels uh, against one another. Um, but yeah, man, crazy, crazy stuff unfolding there between uh, Ninja versus Ronaldo. And, and of course, like I said, poor Myth, man, catching, catching strays in between. Uh, Myth, if you chance to come across this, appreciate you, bro. Love you. And uh, yeah, you know, YouTube's tough, man. It, you know, it really is. Changing a platform is, is really tough. Anyone who can do it successfully, I mean, you you got to give them so much credit. Um, but talking about people who said some crazy stuff, it doesn't just stop there. We had some other random dude that's like a Apex Legends caster decide to uh, go ahead and take shots at the, all casters and talent uh, in esports as a whole. I don't even know this guy's name. Like, I, I didn't even bother to read that far. But I'll give a quick summary of what he said. He basically said, hot take, casters are overpaid, they suck, their jobs are easy, and they deserve to get paid less, and production needs to get paid more. Something like that. That was the gist of what I got from it, and I hated it, and I completely disliked this guy's guts, and uh, he is um, unredeemable in my book at this point. Uh, I, I dislike him so much right now. I don't even <laughs> know this guy's name. but <laughs> Yeah, so this guy, like the official tweet is, esports hot take, Casters are the least important part of a broadcast and should be paid like it. Admins, observers, and production are more essential to a broadcast. But from a caster POV, I took it basically the same way Monster did. Like, okay, like, where does this guy come off, right? So I click on his profile. Official Play Apex Esports caster. Wait, what? He's a caster. It doesn't make and sense. And so I'm, I'm looking at this, right? Like, this can only draw negative attention. Uh, I mean, you might be trying to, like, build up your your production like family which rightfully so the production teams um they deserve the love right like they they help put on a show too but i don't know what production people you work with man but i know production people making a healthy living in uh, similar to what casters make so i don't understand the thought here maybe you should be asking the tournament organizers who aren't taking care of the teams as a whole that might be more of an issue but literally his next tweet after is reminder schedule for algs land kicking off tomorrow so it's like he's just going back into his caster persona and it's like dude you ruffle feathers here that will put you in a pot a spot where nobody like i don't want to say nobody will hire you but less people will be interested in bringing you to their broadcast because they think you're either low value or that you just are bringing drama along with it and here's here's the I would say the best take that I've read underneath that entire thread um, 
our friend BMIC, who's a part of the practice server, he does all of our technology and security and all that stuff. Make sure the practice brain is safe, uh, if you will. Um, he just he he kind of eloquently put it like, dude, I, like I see what you're trying to say, and although I aggressively disagree with you, you don't need to put down one side to make the other be lifted up and that's literally all he did was he just randomly decided to crap on casters and try to boast about how much production needs more love all he had to do was just take the production perspective that would have been a totally fine take and people would have loved him and rallied behind him and all the producers would be in his chats like yeah bro pay me more i agree like i would love to get paid more i do so much good stuff but instead you pissed off all the casters so the entire thread is like you're a moron. I don't agree with you. And you have like some of the best talent like in the industry now responding to this. It is not going to go well for his career moving forwards. Um, whatever career he has, like I said, I don't know much about him, but I can only see that other talent is not going to want to work with you, bro. You are rightfully biting the hand that feeds you and it's to some degree. And you're saying something that clearly the majority of the talent space does not agree with. So it's going to be hard to work with someone you don't just don't agree with. Well, I think for, unfortunately this guy, he doesn't have the experience to understand that a lot of casters and golden boy put this so eloquently. Like we do way more than just cast the game, especially once you get experience, you're going to be helping out when things go wrong. You're going to be helping guide direction of production because you've done this before. And I'm not saying it's every single time, but there are going to be times where production comes to a caster. It's the first time they've ever walked into this game and they have no idea what they're doing. So you have to pretty much consult them in order just to get this production off the floor. So, you know, yes, cool. Casters make thousands of dollars. It's awesome. I enjoy it. I'm not complaining, but in general, talking about the production of esports and gigs and all this stuff, like everyone is underpaid still. Like both casters, the production companies, not that many people are making a super comfortable living in this space. There are people that are doing it. That's the top of the top. But generally, people are freelancers. They're not getting any kind of healthcare or benefits if you're in the US. They're not employees, so they're not getting any employee benefits. And I'm just speaking generally from my understanding because I'm a freelancer. I have to run my own business, pay for all my own insurance and benefits. So a lot of people in the space are like that. And it's cool. I like being a freelancer. I don't want to have to work with somebody. But at the same time, there are those downsides. And, you know, this guy's just taking the wrong take, man. Like, why? why? Like, what? And also, this poor dude, like, doesn't have a massive following. Someone just picked this up and then absolutely abolished this guy. And this poor dude probably could have gotten away with this. It's just the wrong person saw it and decided to put it out there for all of esports Twitter. It's actually so hilarious you brought that point up because the first time I came across it, bro, I was, I was rightfully fuming. Like, I was like, dude, what the... So I had to call my wife over, read it out loud to her, express my frustration to her about how moronic I thought this take was, and then put my phone away and not respond. Because I just didn't want to signal it even more to my following or, or put it in front of more eyeballs. But like SBG said, someone didn't care. They didn't think about that. The wrong person shared it, and then their 10 friends shared it, and then, dude, the rest is history. It's got 
hundreds honestly thousands of uh interactions with if you look at the impressions on the tweet it's 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 crazy and then the quote retweets like i said once golden boys tweet just just two or three hours ago of this recording um nearly double the interactions already i mean obviously he has like quadruple the following maybe yeah. more maybe 100x the following but you get my point uh it's it's now taken off into the esports hemisphere it just if you have a, a crazy take like this you know I've, I've had my own fair share of hot takes sure it's a hot take he said it I, and i can appreciate that but man sometimes you, you got to be ready to die on that sword or on that battlefield and you know you win some you lose some so there it is i'm i'm, I'm handing him the l formally handing him the l well, and I think one piece is none of us actually addressed the whole thing of like casters aren't important because like, come on, is that even like a real thing? Does anyone want to just watch a game and no one's saying anything? Like it's just so such poor taste. Now, and I, I, I could, think it's obvious that it's wrong. I could have caster bias here now, right? Cause I'm a caster. So when I see some trash casting, I'm a little salty. I'd be like, bro, I could have been doing that. I could have been making that money. So I, I didn't give an opinion on that side of it because I am so biased with the talent side of it. When it comes down to like the compensation side, I compensate on both ends of the of the cycle here as someone who is talent, someone who pays talent, someone who hires production, someone who knows the effort that goes into it. Um, and it goes back to, yeah, there's not enough total liquidity, total money, period, to start with because you already feel... Uh, uh, bad half the time where you're like dude i only got this much and i'm trying to you know cut this up pretty fairly across the whole team here and you and this like so yeah there there is a, an underpaying i think across the board and if he would have just said that that's fine yeah you, you you can't pick a you can't say something bad about the the talent and then he is a talent that's that's all the redundant part the, the irony you're literally talent bro way to way to shoot yourself in the foot uh best of luck with your career did you say his name panda do we want no. to say his name? Yeah, cool. We'll keep him anonymous. I'm sure you can search it up. Uh, you can you can find it. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I I don't even know it. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. At this point, <laughs> I I think I've exhausted my way through the the fun topics I wanted to talk about. We'll save some of the other stuff for for the next episode. Before we start to wrap up out of here, it's been about it's been about a good a solid 45 minute episode, man. Um, any final words? Uh, we'll we'll start with USBG before we start signing out, bro um ran one summer camp with xp league battle run another one Heck here yeah. in a month so uh if you guys like fortnite you want to learn how to get into comp fortnite i'll take you through a crash course in a week should be posting more information on my twitter at somebody's gun also i paid for twitter so i'm a loser nice now. but you know <laughs> it is what it is Join the loser train with me, man. I got that check mark. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Panda, what's what's up, man? What, what you up to? What's been going on? Where can we find you? No, of course. Uh, listen, I'm taking the month off. I'm not even going to lie. Heck yeah. I went to Sweden twice, Ohio, Saudi, Orlando. Uh, that was all literally in the span of July or June and until the beginning of July. So taking a much needed week or two off, but I'm coming back strong because there is no shows or anything really planned. For the next few months so in august september october uh before uh before global i'm going heavy into content nice and i have i have a full strategy working with some people behind the scenes to make it happen so i'm being held accountable folks it's not just me saying i'm coming back i'm being held to a certain standard so it, it's gonna happen now uh for the next esports comp awards that uh 
SVG host, we're gonna give the the most comebacks of, of a year <laughs> award. It's gonna be pandas. It's gonna be called the 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 panda trophy. And panda can't win it because he, this is gonna be his segment, and he's gonna give the most tryingest next gen creator a trophy. It'd be great, fun meme segment. Um. Anyways, guys, you can find me at Monster Deface on socials for uh, basically dad content and uh, business content as usual. It's uh, It's been a beautiful summer. I hope you guys are having a great summer. And I will see you guys on that battle bus. So until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. And also, I will never forget, send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Peace, fam.